0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Look, question that I want to ask. Is it reasonable now to be looking toward pandemic exit strategies, setting end points, as Canadians deal with varying stay-at-home orders, school closures, lack of vaccines, variants emerging as COVID continues to impact our daily lives? impact our economy and our health care. How do we get out of this mess? Dr. Neil Rao joins us, infectious diseases specialist in Ontario, assistant professor at the School of Medicine of the University of Toronto. Dr. Rao, thank you very much for the time. Let me, before we get into the exit strategies, ask you for your reaction to the fact that we have the numbers climbing, infection numbers climbing, 4,200 yesterday, 3,800 today. What does that say to you?
1: Well, of course, when you see rising numbers, there's no way we can talk about excess strategies in the next week, but I'm talking about when we get to the end of this four week circuit breaker here in Ontario and also contemporaneously what's going on in BC, we have to think about how we're going to get out of this problem at the end of that four week cycle, because every one of these four week cycles ends up being a four month cycle. (laughs) So I just, I'm trying to set the stage for that. Now the numbers are going up. Yes. At least the number of tests being done daily has remained stable. So I can't use the line that there are more tests positive because more people got tested. Uh, But one silver lining I can say is that the percent positivity has dropped a wee bit. So maybe that's a good thing. But we're not yet at the, the peak that I can see. We're not yet there. We have more people in hospital due to this disease. There's no question. The good news part of it, though, is that the people who are coming in are younger and they are generally savable. So we're not seeing the daily death count going up the way we did during the first wave when we had older people coming in. The older people are largely now protected through vaccination. Or unfortunately, the ones who are really frail have been taken out by the disease already. And they would have died from flu if they hadn't died from this disease. So we're seeing a different profile, but we are seeing younger people whose lives are definitely worth trying to save when they're doing badly and who end up in the ICU. There is a strain on the ICU system. The healthcare system needs to be able to pivot and deal with demand. Whether there's a straight line between all the restrictions we've made and what's going on in the hospital is another point of debate, which we can also talk about. And yeah. I've had that view for a long time that sometimes the restrictions we do have no connection between disease impact in the hospital and suffering for society.
0: So go ahead and talk about that to us, please. So
1: I give an example. I think, first of all, we have to deconfuse people. Outdoor transmission does not happen much. If it does happen occasionally, we can't go after every single thing outdoors and wreck everyone's enjoyment of the outdoors because we don't want a society that's inactive as well. And we have a, a country which has winter anywhere from one-half to two-thirds of the year, depending on where you live in Canada. So you at least want to let people do outdoor sports. You want kids to have outdoor day camps. Outdoor camps. You want kids to be able to socialize outdoors. Maybe if schools have to stay closed longer in some areas, you need to have outdoor education when the weather's good enough to make it happen so that at least the kids can socialize at a distance and they don't have to be so distant once they're outdoors. Uh, We could also still open patios. So, yes, even if the hospital is in a state of strain. A month from now, if we have more vaccine and more people's arms, and especially if we vaccinate the people who work in the kitchens, who work in the congregate settings to make that patio dining possible, we should be able to open up those patios. So that's what I'm getting at, that we need to start thinking out of the box and not just use increasing case counts or increasing hospital numbers, to drive a maintenance of restrictions, because as I've said before, once you make a restriction, it's really hard to get out of it. I always compare it to lowering a speed limit. You'll never put the speed limit back up, even if lowering the speed limit didn't really change the accident rate on road It never goes back up. It's a little bit like this. It's much more easy to restrict than to pull back.
0: We all want to look at how this thing ends. We all want to know how we get out of this. And we've been repeatedly told that in 2021, we're in better shape than we were a year ago, that we should be feeling optimistic about what's going to happen through the balance of the summer. But now we have these new numbers. We have, and I know you have concerns about just focusing only on numbers, but we have the variance. We have the numbers. We have the concern. Are we in a better place today than we were 12 months ago?
1: knowledge is power so yes definitely we know that outdoor transmission doesn't happen we've learned that congregate settings are the place where spreading the spread occurs when i say congregate it's factories uh indoor warehouses uh people who work in long-term care those people are now vaccinated so we don't have such a problem there we know that we've learned that we've also learned that aerosol spread can sometimes occur rather than droplet spread so we know that once again controlling indoor spread is the big issue and ventilation reducing the number of people in a space is a strategy that at least reduces the impact of super spreader events we know that this disease doesn't spread exactly like the flu We also know that there's an age gradient in terms of who gets flattened by the disease. And we also know that people with underlying disease are the ones who get flattened. So even when I talk about younger people being in hospital, they are generally, when I was on call last week, heavier, or they have diabetes, or they have kidney disease. It's not a marathon runner who's 34 who's in hospital, much as people will talk about absolute age. So we've learned, we have knowledge, we also have a vaccine. We also have therapeutics. We learned about steroids. We've learned about that drug that's in short supply, tocilizumab. There are these monoclonal antibodies, which may be of value. So we've got some therapeutic angles that work. And then we've got the experience of other countries. The downside are these darn variants. These are a bummer, I admit it. The variants have probably been most responsible for this latest wave. We didn't see the evolution of the virus or mutation, as some people call it, of the virus coming. That is definitely a curveball that we have to deal with. But I don't think at the end of the day, after this wave is over, we're gonna continue seeing such bad waves, but the lesson for this wave is that we have to plan for a fall wave now. I was always optimistic it was over, but no, not quite.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend.